Forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms. And remember what got you here. Focus on the fundamentals that we've gone over time and time again. And most important, don't get caught up thinking about winning or losing this game. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. It's another edition of the New Hampshire High School Hoop Show. This is a second on ESPN New Hampshire Radio and on demand online at nhsportspage.com. When we step on the floor, every second that clock is ticking, we are pedal to the metal. From Londonderry to Lebanon, Nashua to Newport, Summersworth to Salem, and Keene to Kennett, the New Hampshire High School Hoop Show covers all the teams. We run the ball, we pressure the ball, and most importantly, we control the tempo of the game. With Pete Derrier and Dave Haley on ESPN New Hampshire Radio and online at edgesportspage.com. Hour number two of the program, the New Hampshire High School Hoop Show, the Christmas Eve edition of the show. Yeah, we're here. We're live. We're doing it on the radio. I don't think anybody else is doing it. Live on the radio on Christmas Eve Day. And we'll be here live on the radio for New Year's Eve Day uh, next weekend as well. We're joined uh, in studio. Special guest uh, Nate Maserol from Nashua South. We'll bring him on in just a moment. Pete Terrier, Dave Haley with you. we got Tim Glenday producing this thing. And as we do start every hour of every program, we'll go with the Beals Insurance scoreboard, although it was a light night around the state of New Hampshire. Only seven games played, and only six of them actually played in the Granite State. Dave Haley's got the rundown for you. The Beals Insurance Scoreboard, brought to you by Beals Insurance Agency, with locations now in Bedford and Londonderry. Visit BealsInsurance.com. Jim going with the Beals Insurance remix. I love it, huh? The Christmas uh, Eve remix. After uh, uh, after uh, weeks of waiting and team votes decided they'd ever play a game, Bishop Girton decided to actually hit the court last night. They go to overtime in their open against Concord, the Matt Regan era. Is underway. They're one and zero. Belmont's played five games and BG's played one. Uh, Fifty-two forty-eight win over Concord. Concord falls to one two. Pat Donovan, uh, good little guard for them. Nineteen points. Mike Rinko at forward had eleven for the Cardinals. Matt Drew sixteen points for Concord. Dave Chase's team falls to one and two. Exeter goes to two and one. Uh, they got 30 points last night from Cody Morissette and 20 from Steve Natola, 50 of their 73 points. They get a 73-53 win over Trinity. Jordan Santos, sophomore point guard for Trinity, had 13 points. Matt, Matt Lemieux's team is young mm-hmm. over at Trinity. They're young, a lot of sophomores. 73-53, uh, Trinity 0-2, uh, Exeter. Jeff Holmes' team goes to 2-1. Uh, kind of a surprise last night, Merrimack with a 43-34 win over Spalding, although I should never be surprised by anything Tim Goodrich does, but... Uh, good W there. Danny McKillop had a double-double, 15 points, 13 rebounds. Ian Cummings had 15 points and really kind of facilitated everything for that Merrimack team, but it really was about defense over there. Uh, Cal Conley held to only 12 points, and Spalding as a team with only 34, they held Ari Brakefield in check as well as Tim Cronin's team. Falls to 2-1. and one. Thankfully, McIsaac is in New York and probably doesn't even know what happened yeah. yet. So he got devastated. upset when I was tweeting from the Goffstown Hall's Brookline game last night. And he said something like, I thought you were going to Spalding and Merrimack. We're getting Spalding on it. We I'm, got him on the I'm schedule. I'm glad I went to the game I did. <laughs> yeah. 43-34. Uh, speaking of which, 57-35 win. Hollis Brookline goes on the road to Goffstown and wins that one. They go to 2-0. Nick Fothergill, who's the leading scorer 
in Division Two. You can see all the scoring leaders from each division on NHSportsBades.com. But uh, Father Gill had 16 of his 21 points in the second quarter. Good win from Mike Susie's team. They're 2-0, and they head to the break. They're headed up to Portland. Goffstown, Mike Gasper's team, 1-1. One one. Lauren Lucas' team goes on the road, goes to North Conway, walks away with a win, 51-48. They beat Kennett Oyster River, led by Max Lewis, who had 13 of his 15 points in the second half. Uh, as the Bobcats took control. They're 1-1, Kennett 0-3 on the season. Uh, Cole Brown got up big early on Sauhegan. Sauhegan fought back but couldn't get it. Uh, it was a 50-43 win for Jen Chick Ruth's alma mater. Sam Lupinacci with 17 points. I'm Irish. I can't say that name very well. I don't have it. Uh, Lupinacci with 17 points for the Bears. They're 1-1 on the season. Sauhegan falls to 0-3. They're struggling to score. And finally, over in Division Three, Fall Mountain goes across the river, across the state line, and beats Bellows Falls. 43-41 uh, is the first win of the season for Fall Mountain, who's 1-3. And, and that's the Beals Insurance scoreboard. There you go. A and you made it one. onto the uh, shorter scoreboard version. Coach uh, Maserol, uh in with us uh, now from Nashua South. Coach, uh, when we do all the scores from all the games on a normal Friday night, it usually takes us about 20 minutes because we're doing the, you know Division One through Division Four, And I'm sure a Division One coach from Nashville would love to hear all about Lisbon and Linwood playing basketball, wouldn't you? Absolutely. We don't get to, with all the games we have to worry about, we don't get to hear too much about those other divisions. So, yeah, I would like to hear those. So your team did not play last night. You got underway, what, uh, Thursday night, correct? correct. Yes. Your first game, uh, and you played – Pinkerton and you guys came away with a victory 63 to 52 in Derry. What can you tell us about that game? Uh, you know, your first game in the books before the holiday. Well, early on, it wasn't very pretty, to be honest with you. We, uh, I know we're looking for stats from Nashville South and we'll work on that, but the only, <laughs> other than the score, the stat that stood out the most, uh, I believe we had 28 turnovers and 16 in the first half. So, we're not necessarily a young team, but we are relatively inexperienced, and that was evidenced when we were uh, throwing the ball over the gym to start the game. But we turned things around, so it was a nice nice road win to start the year. Yeah, anytime you go over that campus to get a W, it's nice. Talk about uh, Kevin uh, Janow, a kid we were talking about off the air, but he is a uh, first-team All-State preseason pick uh, on our site, and uh, a kid who has a lot of respect around the state. He sort of shared the spotlight with DJ Frechette last year, but this is really, along with Max Osgood, it really feels like it's his team this year. What's it like coaching Kevin? Uh, easy. Kevin's yeah. one of the best kids I've ever had, and I tell him that, and I'll tell anyone who listens because he's just a great kid, as I was saying off the air. Yeah. Senior class president just has the utmost respect around the school. He's just an absolute kid, great kid, and all he does is work on his game. I mean, he's a busy kid, you can imagine, as senior class president, but if there's a gym open, he's there, and he's practicing his ball handling, his shooting, and what makes him a great kid and a great leader as our captain, he gets other kids to go with him, and they work just as hard. We have a uh, one of our big, big players, uh, that 6'9", Clay Medling, uh, Kevin's taken him under his wing, and he told me the other day, Coach, don't worry about it. I'm going to make him a beast. I said, okay, Kevin, you do that. <laughs> so that's the kind of kid he is. He just wants to succeed, not just individually, but he wants to have a really good senior year and see how far we can go uh, as the season progresses. I remember reaching out to you over the summer, Coach, and I had a conversation with Dave who was talking with Jim Mulvey from Portsmouth and lamenting the fact that he got lit up by some kid from Nashua South. He's like, who is that yeah, kid? Well, yeah, he, uh, he <laughs> I said, I think know. I know who you're talking I, about. I got to watch out for him when I'm in Division One next year, but I remember reaching out to you and you were like, yeah, that was Kevin Janow. So he's really gonna, kind of stepped up his game and maybe taken more of the load offensively because DJ Frechette and him were good one-two punch, but you know, DJ was scoring the, the majority of the points last year. He transfers to prep school 
Uh, so I'm sure Kevin kind of just said, hey, this is my team now, and i got to take the lead. Absolutely, and Kevin, did, Kevin didn't necessarily defer to DJ last year. He just knew the dynamic of uh, we had a very good backcourt, and Kevin uh, assumed the role of playmaker, and he, he ran the offense and did everything we asked. So he, as he always does, he sacrificed for the team, knowing DJ is going to score. But Kevin had his nights as well, and this year he realizes there's a major void. You don't replace 20, 25 points a game very easily. But we did a nice job Thursday night uh, spreading the ball around, and I think we had three guys with over 16 points, and it was it was a nice win. But uh, Kevin certainly is going to be the impetus for anything we do this year. I want to know who the kid was that, that led your team in scoring, hit a bunch of threes. I'd never heard of the kid before until I saw it in the paper. This and is I- a great story. Uh, Jake Wilcox, uh, another great kid. I really am lucky this year with just a really, really good group of kids, and I've been lucky the last few years with that. And Jake tried out for the team last year, and Jake's one of those kids. He's always, always around in the summer, works really hard. But last year, because of the the team we had, we didn't have a lot of size, but we had a lot of guards and wings. And as a junior – he tried out and did a nice job, but it was just a situation where we just didn't have time. We didn't have minutes for him, so we asked him to play JVs, and he decided he was going to focus on his schoolwork and did a very nice job with that. But then, so we didn't play last year, and all summer long, when all the individual stuff we did, the weight room, the the fall, the summer league down in Andover, Mass, he was at everything, and he was even hurt for a little while. And he'd drive down to the games with the team and go watch, and he tried out this year and he made the team and then it was a situation of I don't know how many minutes he's going to get and then there was just one practice about a week ago he made everything and we work hard in practice we 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 have a nice dynamic this year where we have uh, our first and second team so to speak uh, on any given day the second team could beat the first team and on that day they did handily and it was a big part of it was because of Jake so a kid who had zero varsity minutes until Thursday night had five threes, two great drives to the hoop, and ended up with 19 points. So just a really cool story of a kid who got some bad news last year when he didn't make the team and then just worked his tail off and earned everything he got um, this season so far and certainly the other night. What have been your impressions of Division One early on? So I, the theme of all the conversations I had with you guys for the preview were just how wide open this thing's going to be. And, you know, the line, you know, the one coach said where he said, great, when Pembroke 0-18's gone, and here comes 18-0 Portsmouth, who's now 3-0. But what, what are your impressions early on? I don't know how much you've gotten a chance to go out scouting or whatnot, but, I mean, what, what are your impressions of Division One early? I am never one to go watch too, too much. I'm very fortunate that I've always had – some some great scouts, and I had several people at the the Merrimack Spalding game last night. Is uh, Lauren like Godet still working for you guys? Lauren actually is helping out with Londonderry now. She All has right. a nice yeah, situation. I was say, Lauren, I, I Lauren does she a great job. She does a great job, and we will miss her uh, sorely, certainly. But she had a nice opportunity to go over Londonderry. She was at our game. I got a nice chance to talk to her on Thursday night. But she's helping out with Londonderry, and I'm sure uh, that program will benefit because of that. But so we did have some guys uh, at the game and I was surprised to hear the score and and how it went down but uh, from everything I'm hearing yeah it's it's it may not be as wide open as we think uh, Portsmouth looks pretty good and I get, I don't know if this is good or bad we don't see them till later in the year over there and I, I boy I've been there when was the, when yeah. did they drop down to division 2 I remember 10 years ago that, that was a tough time to it was always tough to go over to Portsmouth they they had some really good teams so uh, it seems as if they're the team to beat so far but on any given night, uh, that's the beauty of Division One basketball. Anything can happen. They shoot it so well. I was texting with Kevin Ritter, the new coach at Keene, 
Uh, and Logan Gallinus had 27 points back-to-back games for those guys. But he texted me back, and he said, I've never seen a team shoot like that. And they, they were 7-for-7 seven seven in the first quarter on three-pointers. That's Portugal probably was. different guys, too. Yeah, oh, and Mike Sanborn is just is lighting it up over there. And, of course, they're playing without Joey Glenn, so they're playing without a first-team All-State center and, and still getting it done. But, yeah, they are a very tough team. Uh, what about, so what, who are the teams this year? Is it the same teams last year in the Chick-fil-A? Is, and who do you guys open up with? It is. What's that? It is. Same teams as last year. So let's see. And the nice thing this year, uh, the North Girls Tournament has merged mm-hmm. with our tournament. So we have everything at South. It's going to be a, a basketball bonanza over the 28th. 29th and 30th. So the six teams for the girls, we could only get six because it was somewhat last minute. North-South, Sauhegan, Milford, Alvern, and Goffstown. And on the boys' side, North-South, Goffstown, Thornton, Alvern, Sauhegan, Milford, and Merrimack. And we open up on Wednesday at 545 against Goffstown. Uh, even though it's at South, technically it's North's year to host, so they have the nightcap at 730 against Sauhegan. Now, I just saw Goffstown last night. We got a uh, video uh, on NHSportsPage.com. Goffstown, I'll have to Hollis, check that out. Yeah, they got – I will say that they um, they beat Manchester West in their first game last week. They just have problems scoring the basketball. They, I, I think last week they had 10 different players score. Last night it was like 10 or 11 different players score. The problem is no one hit double digits. Okay. Um, so that's a team that I think is going to struggle to score – uh, they don't have a ton of size. Sounds like you guys got some size. You we mentioned a six nine. We kid. do, we do. Yes, we have we have a little and more I know, size. Than I know, I used to. And I know you got Max Osgood, who is a beast. He's already a beast. Yes. Janelle doesn't have to make him a beast. No, you're, he's already there. You're right. But yes. the other kid, tell us about the other kid who's six nine. Well, it's funny you mentioned Max because I, I mention it all the time when I'm talking to Clay in practice. Clay, you're six nine. Do this, do that. And Max is coach. He's he's not six nine. He's six seven. I said I I measured him. Max. He's Max just doesn't believe he's six nine. But we're, we'll we'll split the difference. Maybe six eight. Either way, he's big. Uh, along with another uh, big we have from last year's JV team, Raz Alcale is about six five and a strong kid. So we have uh, three. I'm not used to this. I'm not sure how to work this with all these these tall players. So uh, Clay's doing a nice job. As is Roz. Uh, little different players. Clay likes to, he's got a very nice 15 foot jump shot, but he's starting to attack the basket and work on the glass. Roz is someone who stays down low, although a very good big passer. So those two are going to start getting more and more minutes as the season goes on. But with the way Max plays, uh, he's going to get substantial minutes as our starting center. And even though he only had six the other night, just clogs the middle defensively, had some huge rebounds, also a good passer. So the 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 stats belie what Max really did, which was he had a major impact on the game without scoring a lot. I know that you're uh, a humble guy. You don't get too excited, but it seems like this year's team has a pretty good feeling around it in terms of the talent you have, the size that you have, the skill you have. Uh, last year, you guys were uh, a home team in the first round of the playoffs. Um, you made the Final Four run with the Preston brothers a few years back. But does this year feel any different than it has in recent years for Nashville South? It does in the sense that uh, the team chemistry, and I know that's a cliche in sports, but that seems to be clicking much earlier than I expected because – as I tell the guys all the time, we really have two players from last year who played substantial minutes, Kevin and Max. Sean Holland is a sophomore last year, swung up from the JVs and, and toward the end of the year got some substantial playing time. But really, we have two guys. So with Richie Mercado, who had a great game the other night, 16 points, didn't play varsity last year. 
Jake Wilcox, we already mentioned, 19 points, didn't play. So I think uh, we're very much a work in progress, and I'll have to table that answer for a while. I, I, the, the vibe I get, they work hard. I was watching film this morning. Again, it's nice. I always have the camera across from the benches because I love to see the bench reaction when anything goes well. And the kids who aren't playing or the kids who think they should be playing more, they were all into it. So that's something, as hokey as it may sound, the fact that everyone is in it and excited and when we went on this nice run that everyone was really enthusiastic, we talk about winning the bench battle. We want to be the more um, enthusiastic team. So we did a very nice job with that. And I know the guys on the floor feed off of it. So, yes, I'm, I'm excited. Where that's going to end up, I don't know. There are a lot of – you look up and down the scores and you look at the rosters and you know the coaches that are out there, there are no easy wins. Mm. So I'd, I'd love to think we're going to be in the mix when it all comes down to it, but you never know. You guys uh, will play Spalding on the other side of the holiday break. A trip to Rochester is always fun from Nashua, from any place really. But uh, when they got a really good team like they do this year, people hate that, that drive, man. Yeah. They hate that drive. Uh, Keen, what's worse, Keen or Rochester? Oh boy, ne- neither one's fun, and we and we get both of them this year. We get to go to Portsmouth, so uh, we get a lot of long road trips. So I. Keen, you go through the woods. It, it could be a snowy day. It might be really pretty with all the trees. I don't know. It, it's always way. doing something when you cross over Temple Mountain. Well, we, we got, you know, we got closed. Clo- the mountain closed once when we were on it. It took us three and a half hours to get there years ago. <laughs> I, I've tried to block that from my memory. By the way, the state has always said they were going to straighten the road going around Dublin Lake. Yeah. Under the incoming Sununu administration, the latest plan is being called Plan AA. That's because we've gone through oh, the yeah. alphabet completely yeah. in the last 40 years with A through Z, so we're starting all over again. So it's sort of like the Broad Street Parkway yes. here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. When you were in high school, you were hearing about that. Of course. They finally got the thing open, and it's I'm a big great. fan, by the way. Yeah, I, me too. I, I, I take me it every too. chance I can, even yeah. when I don't need to. Yeah, coming <laughs> in from Manchester, although if you don't have an updated GPS – which I don't. I keep getting the message. You should probably update your GPS because some things have changed. When I'm on that Broad Street Parkway, I, I live in the Manchester area. I live in Goffstown now. And when I'm coming down, I take that and I look at my GPS. It like thinks I'm in the middle of nowhere because there's no road there, according to the old GPS setup. All right, we got Nate Maserol from Nashua South. Uh, he's in here for the entire hour going up until 11 o'clock today. We're going to take a timeout now. We're going to look at this Chick-fil-A tournament and talk about some of the teams involved and some of the matchups. I like the fact that there's girls play going on, but it also – caused you some issues as far as scheduling you got to play a lot of games over the course of a a few days so we'll talk about that when we return it is the new hampshire high school hoop show pete terrier along with dave haley the christmas eve edition of the program it's on espn new hampshire and nhsportspage.com 1250 espn new hampshire manchester's home for friday night lights Back here in New Hampshire High School Hoop Show. We do it each and every Saturday morning, even on Christmas Eve, even on New Year's Eve. We'll be here live on the radio for two hours, giving you the best high school basketball coverage you can find anywhere in the state of New Hampshire. Pete Terrier, Dave Haley, ESPN New Hampshire Radio, nhsportspage.com. Special in-studio guest is Nashua South head coach Nate Mazarol. And uh, Nate, along with uh, his counterparts over at Nashua North High School, put on... I think it's the best holiday tournament in the state. Of course you do, Of Pete. New Hampshire. No, it really is. I mean, the atmosphere, 
when you go to a game at the Chick-fil-A National Holiday Basketball Tournament, you know that it's a fun time. There's good basketball. There's cows dancing around. It's all about the dancing cows. And you can go out in the hallway and at the concession stand, not a cold piece of pizza, a Chick-fil-A sandwich you can get. Oh, that is pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to come down. I'm yeah. going to come down and check it out. It's a great take. And, Nate, you guys, uh, you know, this is a, a tournament that helps, uh, you know, raise money for both your program at Nashua South and the Nashua North program. This year you got some girls teams involved. There's eight boys teams, uh, all the, the Nashua area teams, if you will. Uh, last year, I thought you had a nice coup bringing Merrimack back into the tournament. They had been at the Queen City Invitational, which is a good tournament as well. I just don't think the atmosphere is nearly as good as it is in Nashua. But talk a little bit about this tournament and what it's meant to you and your program. And you got Thornton Academy out of Saco, Maine. I can't remember who I was talking to, but it was at the Coaches for a Cause Jamboree last weekend. Someone told me that... You know, they got two great players that just transferred in, two of the top players. I don't know if you're playing Thornton or maybe that's a winner's bracket game, but uh, can you just talk about the tournament and, uh, you know, what goes into planning this thing? Because it, it's a lot of work for you. I know it is. Well, I can take zero credit, and I think I can speak for Steve Lane. He and I thank our lucky stars, so to speak, because we always have great people running the tournament. Uh, last couple of years, it's been Farley Gates. Before that, it was Kevin Flynn way back when. It, uh, it was Joe LaPlante who ran it for us. So Steve and I, quite frankly, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, do very little. Mm-hmm. This year, uh, John Penkela and Allison Lynn have taken on the reins and are doing a tremendous job, and we can't thank them enough. Farley Gates is certainly still helping, but it's a bunch of parents who are running the tournament, and it's, as you say, I agree, and I'm biased, of course, but it's the best tournament in the area, and as I jokingly tell people all the time, it's just, it is the atmosphere, and every once in a while, people look up and there's a basketball game going on because (laughs) of the dancing cows and the the sandwiches and the DJ, so it is, it's it's a great event. I don't think I think Steve agrees with me. I just don't like traveling during the holidays, so it's nice just to show up at our gym and play some great basketball over three nights. So it's a great event. We're lucky we have the people running it that are running it, and we're looking forward to it. And it's a Wednesday through Friday event this year. So Wednesday the twenty eighth through Friday the thirtieth, championship games are on the uh, the the thirtieth Friday. So I'll just kind of run down the schedule for you. As we mentioned, there's uh, six girls teams in here, eight boys teams. It starts with a uh, doubleheader, back-to-back girls games. How do you like morning basketball, Dave Haley? 10.45 a.m. I don't know if the, the kids Milford like it, and yeah. Goffstown. And then after that, uh, Alvern and Sauhegan girls will play. So our, our buddy Mike Heaney will be taking on the Alvern Broncos. And then uh, you lose... The first girls game on Wednesday or the second girls game, you're got a 9 a.m. game on Thursday. That'd be fun. 9 o'clock in the morning playing basketball. So you'd have games starting at 9 and ending around 9 p.m. right on Thursday. That's the long day. It's a long day, and we struggled. The hardest part of this, of course, was putting the brackets together because we certainly like the idea of combining the boys' and girls' tournaments. And we did talk about using two facilities, but then it just became what it was last year. And then we also have the two gyms at our schools, but one of them has the rubber surface, and it's it's not a bad place to play, but if you're bringing people in for a Christmas tournament, we went back and forth and decided, let's try to get as many games mm. in the large gym in that atmosphere, because, again, I'm biased, along with North, although I like our, our color scheme better, I think we have the best gym 
in the state because it's just the large floor. Mm-hmm. And thank you, George Nukas, way back when, when they were putting the school together and planning, he, he, he stood firm, and it's a college-sized floor. We mm-hmm. have, along with North, the biggest floors in the state, not unlike uh, Durham. So we wanted to get everyone on the main floor, and we ended up doing that for the most part. There might be one or two games in the medium gym, as we call it, but it's, it's going to be a long day of basketball, but if you're a, a basketball junkie, it's a great day of basketball. If you ever play three games in three days, do you, you know, how's that work? I've always found it kind of interesting how coaches approach it because sometimes they'll just kind of play their subs in that third game or whatnot. And I mean, do you feel like you're trying to get different combinations of kids out there, different, different looks, you know, different groupings? I mean, kind of what's your, what do you try to get out of this as a coach? Well, uh, to speak frankly, as I told the kids after practice yesterday, I said, we're, uh, at the risk of sounding like a certain hooded football coach, uh, we're on to Spalding because that's, that's ultimately what we're trying right. to prepare for before last night's game. And I know there's still a very good basketball team, one of the best coaches in the state, Tim Cronin. We know we have to prepare for a lot. So my goal is to get ready for that. And I'm not saying the tournament isn't important. It absolutely is. We love this tournament. And when it gets down to game time, oh, yeah, we're trying to win the game. But, of course, we want to get as many guys as many minutes as possible because ultimately they are exhibition games. They do not count in the standings. So we will have some different lineups. Uh, I'm sure at the end of the game, Kevin and Max and some other guys will be playing lots of minutes if it's a close game. We are trying to win, especially in our gym, and we want, we'd love to see a north-south final if that could work out. It hasn't the last few years, but then it becomes a really, really good, a good atmosphere and tournament. So, But, yes, we have some young kids. I'd love to see them get some minutes in a, a loud setting, in a good atmosphere. Yeah. So that, that's, that is the plan. That could be all thrown out the window if it's a tight game, or we'll see. Because yeah. any coach would say, yeah, oh, yeah, we want to check different lineups. But then when you're in a three-point game with five minutes to go, it's funny how the lineup you started with is probably the one that's yeah, on the floor. exactly. So after Milford and Goffstown girls play, and then the Alvern and Sauhegan girls play on Wednesday, the boys' action turns up back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. 2.15, tip time, Alvern against Thornton Academy out of Saco. You got Merrimack and Milford. That's an interesting game at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday. Milford off to a very good start in Division Two. and Merrimack's 2-0. and uh, And they, they've they actually, you know, played a pretty tough schedule. They they played, I think, Pinkerton in their first game. And then they, they played uh, Spalding last night and beat Spalding, holding them to 34 points. Then your team, Nate, uh, plays Goffstown. I saw Goffstown last night. And then you got North and Sauhegan. Uh, plays the nightcap. You said North, kind of the home, uh, the host team, if you will, at your school. Uh, Thursday, we, we talked about the uh, loser's bracket game for the girls, 9 a.m. If you're in the loser's bracket in the boys, you play at 1045 or 1230 on Thursday. And then you got a couple more girls games. So it goes girls, two boys, two girls games, and then the uh, winner's bracket uh, for the boys, the semifinals, if you will. If you guys win against Goffstown, you would play the winner of, uh, let's see here, uh, the Thornton-Alvern winner. So if it's Alvern, the Twitter assassin's little brother, Max Bonnie Lyles had 30 points the other night. And you know the Bonnie name, obviously. Of course. Uh, you know, from the Alvern Bonnies, Kevin Bonnie and Karen Bonnie. Uh, but uh, that's an interesting matchup. Talk a little bit about the Goffstown. You're playing a Division Two team. Probably don't know a whole lot besides what I told you about seeing them last night. That's why I come in here for scouting reports, well, so thank hey, you no, very much. Yes. Well, and check out the video. Uh, I will. Go on the website. We've got video right there. But Goffstown only scored 35, so you're not going to be able to see too many highlights from them. But uh, you can see a lot of Nick Fothergill from Hollis Brookline. But 
What do you look at when you go into a game against a team you really don't know? Well, I know Mike Gasper is a very good coach. He worked with Tim Goodrich for a long time. So I know they'll be smart, they'll be disciplined, they'll be tough. So it's a situation where, and I tell my teams this all the time, I'm one of those coaches, whether, whether right or wrong, I always am more concerned about the team wearing purple and white, what we're going to do. We like to have a little idea. We don't game plan too, too much for opponents. So it's a nice, sometimes it's good going in blind and being surprised, especially in a tournament setting where you have to adjust and you have to learn on the fly and you have to do things that you weren't prepared for, especially, as I said, with an inexperienced team. So uh, again, whether right or wrong, I'm going to go into this not knowing much about Goffstown. And I, I, I think that's a positive. What are your thoughts on uh, kids going prep? And I think for some kids it's the right moves. For others, I think it might be a stretch and maybe not the best. We saw two really good players go. DJ Frechette, uh one of your players that we talked about earlier, going prep. And then Ronnie Silva from North did the same thing. And when I talked to Steve Lane, you know, he's, I think he flat, he flat out said to me, he said, you can't replace Ronnie Silva. You know, you just can't. And uh, he sounds a lot like a kid like Kevin Janelle. Yep. But, you know, what are your thoughts? Because my feelings have always been for a kid like Wenyan Gabriel or Motu Maker. You had Tim Preston a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, Tim Preston prep. went for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. But, I mean, for some of these kids, I feel like it's the right move. And for some of them, I feel like, you know, I feel personally like Dimitri Flores, who's at Southern New Hampshire having a nice career, he would have been at Southern New Hampshire if he just went to Merrimack. So, you know, I, I feel like sometimes it's a stretch for kids. But what are your thoughts on it? And, and how do you handle those conversations with your players? I am probably the wrong person to ask because I've been doing this as long as I have. I Again, I'm biased toward high school basketball, and I'm a little nervous of the way the, the way things are going. Uh, I'm Unless it's a situation, as you said, where Wenyan Gabriel, Gabriel, he's doing okay down at Kentucky. That worked <laughs> out well for him. I guess I can't question that. Yeah. But too often I've seen it, not necessarily with the kids have gone prep, and I know DJ's doing a very nice job at Governors, and I think that will work out very well for him, but I just see too many kids who go and sometimes come back because it yeah. wasn't the experience they wanted, or they go and they end up going to a school that, as you've said, they could have ended up, have ended up going to just by staying at the public school or yeah. whichever school they were at without spending who knows how much money, because I think I, I had a very uh, a nice conversation with Pete Rosinski before the game the other night, and he knows a lot about it because of his son's situation, right. so I learned a lot in that conversation and it is there isn't that much money that they give, and those schools are so expensive. And yeah. unless you're cream of the crop, your college coaches are already looking at you. From what I understand, and I believe me, I'm by no means an expert. It might not work out the way the kids and their families think. So I'm all for stay with your high school team, work as hard as you can, and I'd like to see college coaches come back into our gyms and recruit kids and scout kids and. Look at our look at the players playing for their team because uh, I, I I've told too many people I'm not a big fan of AAU basketball. That's an understatement. Um, it's too bad when kids were playing for their school and the pride of that. And I, I know that sounds very 1950s, but if that were the case, I'd rather see a kid who's really putting it all on the floor for a team that that pride he has for his school than an AAU team where too often it's a kid trying to promote for. His, his own self well, rather than the team. Well, I saw – I won't name the kid, but he's still playing. I saw a kid two years ago. They lost a playoff game, and, he's, and he was on Twitter that night. He goes, eh, AAU starts next week. I'm like, wow. Like, really? <laughs> and, you know, the thing – I've been, you know, very public about my views on AAU. There's good and bad, just like in anything. There's good and sure. there's bad. 
as good restaurants and bad restaurants, as good AAU programs as bad ones. But skill development is real bad in AAU. And, you know, they don't play any defense, most of them. And there's a lot of, you know, and some do, but a lot don't. And, you know, and kids are getting into this. I remember Jim Mulvey telling me when Cody Graham, who's a terrific player um, and one of Jim's favorites, but when he was a freshman, he had to call a timeout during a practice. He goes, Cody, you don't have four games today. We only play twice a week. Like, stop pacing yourself because these kids play four games in a day. How hard is the defense when you're playing four times in a day? But it's not that. I think it's the parents get really convinced that my, oh, yeah, you know. And I had a Division Four coach tell me, He's got a 6'4 kid, and the parents said, well, I think he's better on the wing. I think he should be. And he's 6'4. And, you know, he went down low and ended up scoring 20 points in the post. And it's like, dang, like a light went on. I I just, I think parents, they love their kids. They're trying to do what's best. I totally understand that. But a lot of times they're they're kind of ill-informed, and they're listening to somebody they're writing a check to, and that's never a good idea. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nate Maserol is our guest at Nashua South, head coach. Now, how many years – have you been? Because you were the coach at Nashua before they the split. So how many years have you been the head coach for the Pamper Panthers? It, it's it's been a while. So I always get it. I think I get it right about fifty percent of the time. I think I think this is year eighteen. I think. Wow. Don't don't quote me. So you started in the nineties. I did. Uh, yes. I, I I've just I have this basketball someone gave to me. I think my first win was. 1999, yes. Look how old we look next to Nate. This is embarrassing. 18 years? Well, he's only three years younger than, what, did you graduate, 91? I was 91, yes. So I'm class of 88 at Nashua High. So uh, I remember when I was playing, you know, bitty basketball in Nashua. We used to play our games at uh, Elm Street Junior High School. Fond memories. And your dad was a coach. Absolutely. uh, Yeah, Yeah, he loved it. Is he still helping you out? Uh, In so much that when I call him after a game, and he's in Florida, yeah. he'll still tell me what went wrong. <laughs> so, no, but my father comes back for the holidays. He is not officially helping, but he's shown up at, pra- shown up at practice a couple times this week, and he's already talking to some of my younger kids and shooting for him. He's still wonderful to have around when he's around, but officially, no. But he still, oh, certainly gives us two cents all the time, and I love it. I do. Who are the best players in Nashua history? Oh, boy. You mentioned Farley. He's got to be Farley. Up there. Farley. We, I was just having a conversation with someone the other day about Patrick Ewing coming up and what a great game Farley had against him one night. And certainly Farley. Uh, Chris Madigan has to be mentioned. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. I saw him play at St. A's. He was yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Both of the Garekuses, I think. And people tell me all the time, I didn't get to see them. I'm, I, I, they were a bit older. But if you there mean were. Th- Adam and John, not yes. Craig. Right, right. Adam, Adam. Adam and John. <laughs> but, but both of them, they both were. Good players as well. But Adam and John, the story is, if there were a three-point line back then, they just would have broken all kinds of records yeah. in terms of scoring. So yeah. I think those two, uh, in my in Kevin in my Ledoux. Years, Kevin Ledoux, very good basketball player. And uh, George Lucas and I just had a nice chat. He is coaching down in, I think somewhere in it's Miami, uh, Miami, Dade Miami Dade or Dade. Some yes, junior college. Yes, doing, doing a nice job from what I understand. But he certainly was one of the better players. I've had the good fortune of Troy Bowen certainly was a great player. Steve Salis, uh, Brian Sullivan, who I, I get to see all the time because his son plays now at Penichuk Middle School. My daughter plays on the basketball team, so I see Brian all the time. So it's, you're, like, hoping that they live in the South District? Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see. There it is. Might be a little redistrict, or it could be going to beat. Now, I can't see it. He won – the last state championship, right? He Brian did. Sullivan, Brian, Brian, 2003? Brian, along with Troy, was a freshman. Steve Salis, Mark Campbell, who was back up here. Um, 
uh, several other players, David Durkin. We had, it's just a great team. Marcus Harmon, who unfortunately passed away uh, last year. So that was just a, a, a tremendous team, and Brian was a big part of that. So that, that group was uh, – I remember Coach Nukas used to tell us about our team, which I never believed it. When we, I was fortunate enough to be on a team with four really good players, and I just – passed the ball and ran back and played defense. But he used to say, you guys are so good, I'd wake up midway through the third quarter to make subs. 2002, it was kind of like that for me. I, I take no credit. That team was just so talented. I think there were three um, Division One or Class L back then players of the year. I think Steve won it or was very close. Brian won it and Troy won it. And they were all in the same starting lineup for that, wow. that championship team. So that was just a talented team. And it was my third year coaching. I didn't know what I was doing. So I just said, guys, it, Go go win, and they did. They, that that was a lot of fun. Now the the year you won it as a player in '91, you know, uh, you play with T.J. Gondek, yep. who has to be in that one of the best. Absolutely, yep. I, yeah, I, he went to I was trying Sawyer, not to name right? anyone for my team. I didn't want to seem. Well, Katsafikas went to New yep. Hampshire College, right? He did. He, did it, it, he had a he had an injury, and it didn't work out. But he did go up there with the intention of playing. But he had a, a back injury that kept him out of. How the heck did he get so tall? Because I played baseball with Tom Katsafikas, his brother. Yep. And Bobby Katsafikas was like six foot seven or something like that. He six was about, five. Uh, Bobby's probably six six four, six five. He and, was and he, and a Jeff, lot bigger than his yes. brothers. Well, Jeff Jeff played. Yes, Jeff. I Jeff played as well a couple of years before me, and Jeff was a very good player, but not as tall as Bobby. Bobby was just and Bobby was just such a great athlete, such a great athlete. And he were you you were gym. a point guard on that team, weren't you? Uh, but for some of the year, then Lee Choate who's oh, still yeah, in yeah. the area. His son actually is a freshman at North now. Lee was the point guard for most of the year because I really couldn't dribble. So well, thankfully Lee came in. So what are you, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, I'm 6'2 six, six, on a good day. All right. 6'2 so, on a good day. So Nate, 6'2". Katsafikas was like, like you said, 6'5 or whatever. Yep. Skip hit, my buddy, 6'8". Yep. Gondek was 6'5". Yep. I mean, you guys were we huge. Were, we were huge. And we had Al Roden who came off the bench at 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, so yes, we were we were a very big team and uh, TJ certainly could shoot it, and uh, Bobby's such an athlete. Yeah, we were. You guys beat Merrimack. We beat Merrimack. The Ripper, yes. huh? Yes, that was a, that was a. They were very good, and they they were pretty big too. Yeah, they had a kid Roberts, I think, who was like six seven. And then the um, I can't think of the name. They had a six nine, six ten kid who went to. They, oh, they, uh, that's right, Daryl Daryl Collette. Yes, yes, went to. I think he went to George Washington. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you hear the craziest story of all time. I spent seven hours in a car with him. Really? Oh yeah, we went to five star basketball camp together, and they back in the day before you know texting and the internet and all that, they said there's another New Hampshire kid coming. Do you guys want a carpool? And so we <laughs> drove him down. I think he slept the whole time. And then we played him, and I played him in a scrimmage. Uh, Guilford played Merrimack uh, over at Merrimack in a preseason game, and I played against him. But yeah, he played George Washington. Yeah, Pete's wow. just been geeking out for the last five minutes, so I'm letting him enjoy this. Well, this I is was, his Christmas. I, well, when I was at Hollis Brookline, you, know, you, know you know the name right here. I do Simco. know that name. Yes. So absolutely. Mike, Mike played, you know, on the previous Nashua championship I he team. Played, yes, that was yep. the '86 team yep. with with Rob Jones and Ledoux and. Uh, Dave Jingris, I think, was on that team. Okay, and was Dave Barry on that team? I believe Dave Barry. Uh, Chris Madigan, of, gore, of course. Um, That's right. How could yeah, I forget yeah, yeah. My, my My brother-in-law, Pat McLeod, had a, a very oh, nice game. Right. I think he had a, one of those unsung hero at six or eight or ten points in that championship game, just a bunch of elbow jumpers. Was so. Kilbane on the team? Because I don't remember. Because I, I was just – 
I was just over at Castro's, and Eric Kilbane owns National Garden and Castro's back room, and he was a, a player. Very back good athlete, in the day. yes, yeah. yes. He was a very good player. So I saw Mike Simcoe last night, and I, I was talking to him at the uh, the Goffstown Hollis Brookline game, and he talked about Ledoux. I guess he's going down to, to see him in Florida. I, they're going to the Pats game. I think they're playing Miami yes, next, next week. week right? uh, they're going to go. Uh, I guess Ledoux's team was like, Scoring over 130 a game or something crazy like that. Love that it. doesn't surprise you, huh? Love no, he, he loved his offense. <laughs> yeah, certainly did. And I tried not to age myself by talking about watching Adam Grekis play basketball. Oh, so you've seen him? Yeah, at the the he for someone shooting, as you say, before the three point line, it was fadeaways. There were coaches who thought he's shooting off his back foot and stuff. Yeah, but nobody ever blocked his oh, he shot. He could get off his feet. He could get off, yes, at all times. So, I, uh, Tommy Amin, we, 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 Tommy does a lot with Manchester High School sports, and he's kind of like the keeper of the stats for the uh, Queen City Invitational Basketball Tournament, which gets underway Tuesday. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, at uh, Manchester Memorial High School. And you mentioned the Garekis brothers. Tommy always sends me, like, the stats – for the uh, Queen City Invitational, and they have, like, the leading scores all time or whatever it is, the Century Club. And uh, when you look these things up, you see uh, you see the history of the tournament, and it says how many points they scored, how many games they played. Uh, Adam Garekis, Nashua, played nine games there between 67 and 1970, average 18 and a half. Uh, Tyler Roach is a name that, that John Garekis is down there too. You know, yeah, John. Uh, yep, yeah, right there, John Garekis, uh, fourteen point uh, one points. He he was the younger brother, seventy two to seventy five. My buddy Chris Schneider. I always look. My buddy Chris Schneider from Central uh, played there uh, late eighties to the to ninety. Yeah, played AU with Chris. You did? Yeah. Uh, he's. He's still in there. So every year I look I played and see AU if he's in with there. George Carajorge. Remember George Carajorge? I, yeah, yes, I played yes. AU with George. He, he played good. for New Hampshire this, College. This is back now. Nate and I are going to really sound old now. We're going to yes. sound bitter old. Get ready for bitter old. That's back when you played AU. You had to make a team. There was you one tr- team. You had to try out with 300 kids yes. at Plymouth State I and tell the, make it. Yeah, we, I remember. I tell the kids all the time. I remember going to yeah. the, the artist formerly known as. Uh, what it was Southern New Hampshire? Or, yeah, what, the, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, there were 150 kids. Yeah, you had one team. I and, remember 150 kids. You had to try out to make a 12 man team with 150 wow. kids. And the funniest story with that is because uh, they you would I had a Lakes Region team and there was a Manchester team. It was a Nashua team and you went with your team and you played and the coaches watched you and um, the coach that year was Jack Ford from Winnicott. Was my a pretty good coach. coaching. Yeah. I was an Irish kid. He loved me. Yeah, I, I shot and the 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 day of was on a Sunday. It was the night. It was the morning after. After my senior or my junior prom, and I was like, "Oh God!" So I think I slept three hours, but I shot out of my mind that day. But anyway, but back in those days, you had to try out, and yes. so it's just funny now. It's, it's a thousand AAU programs right. and all that. If you stuff. can write a check, you're on the yeah, team. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, see, Nate and I sound old and or I sound old and bitter. Just me. I won't pull Nate down with me. <laughs> I got to take a time out here. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the program. Nate Maserol from Nashville South is our guest in studio. Pete Terrier, Dave Haley, Tim Glenday producing this thing. New Hampshire High School Hoop Show Christmas Eve edition of the program. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Manchester's home for high school sports. Wrapping up the show, the New Hampshire High School Hoop Show, Christmas Eve edition. Yeah, we're live on the radio. 
And then uh, if you're looking for a place to watch the Pats game, uh, maybe you want to get out of the house a little bit, the wrapping and the cooking and the preparations and all that, uh, come on down to the Wild Rover in Manchester, right there, downtown Manchester, the only Irish bar on a Polish street in a French town, the Wild Rover. I got, you know what? I <laughs> I'll gotta, be there from one to three. I gotta drive from Hampton up to Guilford. I might stop in and see you. You want to be entertained? You might be a little sick of me by then, but I might pop in. I like the, I like the Rover. Yeah, we'll see how many people are there today because I think people are kind of just tying up loose ends. I mean, uh, Nate, you got stuff to do. I mean, uh, you came in for an hour. We appreciate right. it. And usually, usually I'm a I wait till the last day because basketball. Once basketball starts, I'm I'm an awful shopper. I, I've learned that over the years. So thankfully, I got it all done. So I I'm, I get to watch the Pats today. Yeah, that's a, it's weird being on a Saturday. It kind of messes up the whole weekend. Now the 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 team is on. Uh, you know, or the school, I should say, is on holiday break, right? So is it basically just a, a week off, right? There's no extra day on the other side? There is. We actually had yesterday off, and we get Monday the 2nd off. Oh, so wow. Extended break, we, huh? We are fortunate this year. Yes, it's nice. Yeah, Goffstown schools were early release yesterday, but and they're back on Monday, which is fine by me. Because we don't have to worry about uh, you know daycare and stuff like that. There you so, go. Uh, Want to thank Jim Silly from Belmont uh, for joining us uh, on the program in the first hour, helping us out. He he offered to come on the show, and uh, I'm really looking forward to all the holiday tournaments. So we're going to be having some play by play at the Chick Fil A National Holiday Basketball Tournament. We're going to do uh, boys games late in the day. I, I think Wednesday we're doing two games. We're doing your game against Goffstown and then the Sauhegan National North game on the radio. We're going to have video highlights on NHSportsPage.com uh, of those uh, games. And then the next day we're going to do uh, the 730 game, so one of the winner's bracket semifinals. And then Friday we'll do the championship game, which both of those games tip off at about 730, and we'll have coverage of all three days from uh, Nashville South High School Chick-fil-A National Holiday Basketball Tournament. Uh, should be a fun uh, take. You can just get tickets right at the door the Absolutely. day of the game, right? Sure. Okay. Yep. And you can obviously check out the highlights on nhsportspage.com if you can't get there, if you're playing at one of the other tournaments. So thanks to you, Nate, for coming in. Really appreciate it. I hope this is the year for Nashville itself. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And happy holidays, everybody. You too. Back to UNH. Want to see that? Hasn't happened in a few years. Uh, thanks again to Jim Silly from Belmont for joining us on the program. Thank you, Tim Glenday, for producing it. Dave Haley, thanks as always. Enjoy the Disney on Ice. Yeah, thanks for that. You got to go. I'll let you know all about it. Merry Christmas, Boy, everybody. And don't forget, while we're over, 1-3 to three this afternoon, watch the Pats with me, and you can win some cool prizes.